Welcome to Digging Deeper, a podcast of Perimeter Church in Atlanta, Georgia, hosted by me, Jeff Norris, along with my co-host, Laura Story Elvington. This podcast aims to equip you to follow Jesus by digging deeper into the teachings and topics of the Bible, the culture at large, and life in general. We're excited that you've joined us as we explore the treasures of God's Word and apply its teachings to our lives as followers of Christ. In this season, we're digging deeper into our series, Love Rules, a study through the Ten Commandments and their relevance to us today. So throughout this season, we'll feature many exciting guests who will help us sort through what Scripture has to say and how it impacts how we're to live as citizens of the Kingdom of God. We're so glad you joined us. Now let's jump into today's discussion. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined us for this episode, and I am so glad to have this guy sitting next to us, Laura. Tim Elmore, a dear friend of ours, and uh, right here in the Atlanta area, uh, what a treasure you are to so many people, your your wisdom, your teaching. Uh, You are the CEO of Growing Leaders, and so why don't we start with you just telling us about that. What is Growing Leaders? What do you do? What are the, the things you offer? Yeah, well... I feel the very same way about the two of you. I'm honored to be sitting down with you. I mean that. That's not cliche. Um, We had lunch, and we talked about our stories. Mine is I worked for 20 years for John Maxwell and really fell in love with what servant leadership could really do. Mm -hmm. But all the while, I was working with students. I was a teacher and a student pastor, and I kept thinking, what would happen if we got these life principles Mm. Uh, to the kids, not Mm. wait until they're 45 and they've ruined a company and a marriage and Mm. that sort of thing. So my little phrase I like to live by is, it's better to build a fence at the top of the cliff than a hospital at the bottom. Mm. So so our habitudes have been uh, something in growing leaders that we've loved. And we work certainly with Christian schools, but 80% of our work is with public schools, sharing Mm. biblical principles, and they start conversations, and it's been really, really fun. That's awesome. Man, I... uh, I will always give you credit, but I'm going to start using that. It's better to build a fence at the top of the cliff than a hospital at the bottom. Yeah, and and because you uh, use those biblical principles, that's one of the reasons why we wanted you to come and be with us for this conversation uh, that we're doing around the Ten Commandments and how Mm. it's exactly what you just said. It's not just a list of rules that believers need to know, but it really is God's truth that the whole world functions best when living by. Human flourishing happens from it. Yeah, and we've talked about that in these previous episodes we've done is that, you know, there's so much in these commandments that um, that God has intended for our good. They are guardrails. They are rules, if you will. Uh, but they're they're f- packed full of love, so that as we walk in them, um, we actually experience the flourishing that God's yeah. created for us. Um, so, it, in this episode, what we want to talk to you about is primarily the fifth commandment, and this is where you have just spent so much of your career and time and impact speaking into. And so we think about the previous episodes and just these pre- previous four commandments. It's it's mainly been focused on how Jesus summarized the law in saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And now we're pivoting to that second part of the law, which is more about the horizontal, yeah. right? We've been on the vertical. Yeah. Now it's the horizontal of how do we love neighbor? And he starts it in the home. Yeah. Love, uh, uh, honor your father and mother. And and we often forget the promise that comes with that, by the way. So the yeah, way it reads yeah. in Exodus 20, uh, the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, 
And, and here's a promise, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, which is so interesting. Yeah, it is. You know? um, and so let's start with this question. I know you're not God. No doubt about it. <laughs> That's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> but why do you think God gives us 10 laws mm-hmm. to show us his heart, yeah. to point us towards flourishing in his kingdom? How did this one make the top 10? Yeah. What, why is this one in there? Well, this truly is in my opinion. But um, as I survey, I love social science and I love culture. I think it's the only way civilization can make its way forward mm. is to take the current set of adult leaders, parents first, but you know, leaders in government and law enforcement and so forth, and for there to be some sense of not lawlessness, but lawfulness, mm. so that civilization can perpetuate itself. So I think God's brilliant in starting in the home because even though we're n- none of us are perfect, we mm. all have flaws and we all have days we feel like we ought to be apologizing to our children, we're still the established law. Mm. And um, when I imagine a world without that, well, we've all known homes, have we not, where the kids are rebellious and the parents seem to be powerless. They have no sense of agency there. It is not a pretty picture. And then they grow up to be very, very difficult parents themselves. So that's my my answer is civilization perpetuates itself in a healthy way Mm. when we have established laws. Now, granted, mom and dad ought to be deserving of that Mm. honor, mm-hmm. and we're not always deserving. Mm. But I tell you, the best way I recovered it is to apologize to my teenage kids when it was time or whatever, and to let them know, I'm under this established law thing too. I have a father yeah. in heaven, yeah. and I'm not modeling after him very well. So that would yeah. be my, yeah. my answer yeah. there. Yeah. I love that because what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is, the way in which we we do flourish as humans, mm-hmm. um, set up by God, is that we're first um, in that vertical first four laws. Um, we're 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 under His rule and reign, yeah, right? But then He's He's actually set up the home to be a mirror of that, yeah. in the sense mm-hmm. that as the parents so. pursue the Lord, uh, they are creating an environment within their home that mimics yeah. the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to where as we are to honor God as mm-hmm. our Father. Yeah then therefore our children are to honor the parents. But you make a good point, and we'll talk about this in a moment. Well, I won't go there quite yet, but what, what do we do when the parents are not good parents? Yeah. What if they aren't deserving of honor? Um, Laura, I know you have questions over there well, for I'm, Tim. I'm I, just, I could just keep talking, but I'm going to give you the mic Well, here. I mean, I have questions because I have kids. That I, need. <laughs> <laughs> I need help, yes. Tim. No, uh, how, does culture, um, how does culture tell a different story? Mm. I have been quite consumed with a notion lately that I'm just going to blurt out here. Um, thousands of years ago, Socrates used this term, humanity's social contract. And what it meant was it was this unwritten, there's no piece of paper, but we realize in order to get along, we have to realize that it's both, I want to be me and I want to belong. Mm. And they often fight against each other, especially if you have teenagers. Mm. I want to be me is really strong. (laughs) And they don't see I want to belong maybe as clearly as I want the tattoo, I want the piercing, I want to wear this or not Mm. wear this. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a struggle going on. I tried as my kids matured and their cognitive abilities to understand increased. You want 
the community. You really want them. In fact, you desperately need them right now. Now, we, we obey this social contract. We drive on the right-hand side of the road because we'll have an accident if we don't. We pay our taxes because we'll be in jail if we don't. You know, there's certain ways we right. all just naturally do it. But I think it's in kids, as they go through adolescence especially, to question everything. Yeah. And the, I want to belong is not as strong as I want to Hmm. I want to be me. Hmm. So may I illustrate real quick? Absolutely. Yes. My daughter, Bethany, is the apple of my eye. She just got married at 35, so she's a little bit older than her brother. She didn't like that. But <laughs> she got married, and we love Ben. Everything's awesome. However, in the leading up to the, to the, the wedding, um, Bethany and Ben said, we got a great idea for a save the date card. Oh, we said, well, that'd be great. Show it to us when you got it. Well, when they sent it over digitally, Pam and I... Did a little double take. <laughs> we tried. We tried to follow. Uh, we tried to follow rule number one. Don't freak out. But um, it, let me just say it was a very inappropriate pose for Ben and Bethany. Can I just say that here? So this moved to rated R immediately. So I try not to freak out as a dad. But now remember, she's thirty-five, not thirteen. So yeah. you got to lead a little different in that moment. So I said, wow. Uh, I did say, wow, wow. <laughs> there wow. was a lot in that I can't wow. unsee that. Yeah, yeah. But I said, um, what do you think your family and friends are going to say about that? Well, Ben chimes in. Oh, they're going to they're gonna love it. This is great. And Bethany thought so too. They're going to love it. This is so off the wall. It's just so out of the box. And my daughter is out of the box. In fact, I describe my two kids. Bethany's a piece of work. Jonathan's a work of peace. That's the, <laughs> that's the two kids. So night and day. So anyway, Pam and I tried to, you know, just find a way to navigate this without being controlling, yeah. but yet also to, and I brought up the social contract. I said, I don't know if this is getting too philosophical, but you know, there's social contract and I know you want gifts at the wedding. Mm. And you know, be, I sh <laughs> this is a dad comment, is it not? You want gifts, you want cash. I said, people are going to get this and go, what kind of a wedding is this going to be? You know, yeah. they're not even friends. What's Bethany turned into? So I said, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I just trust me. You got visibility on those under 40. I got visibility on those over 40 and they have more money. I mean, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean that this is not biblical at all, but they listened and they were off put by me attempting to control, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I said, Ben and Bethany, I really don't want to control this. But I brought up that humanity social contract. There's a give and a take. Yeah. We all make compromises because our, we want our marriage to work. We make Because we want our family to work. So they ended up sending it. We, we ended up with a compromise. They sent it to the friends and, and that they thought would really like it. But even then they got some comments like, like Ben's nephew went, Uncle Ben, what are you doing here? Yeah, and he's yeah. 11. So it, it really worked yeah. in our favor in the sense that we were saying, there's a lot of, I want to be me mm. and you guys. I know mm. that. But you also want to belong. And families work if we're leaning in. And if you reject humanity's social contract, people start leaning away from you, not leaning into you. Mm -hmm. Whether it's gifts or whether it's just spending a little extra time, that mm. little extra when you need it. That doesn't yeah. happen as much. Isn't yeah. that true? So yeah. that was our little wrestling match That's this so funny. past year. Yeah, yeah. and it, there's another place in Scripture where it summarizes this, this command by saying, honor your father and mother, and in so doing, things will go well with you. Mm. And so yeah. I hear that, and I think, okay, what you were trying to say to her 
is, and what yeah. you did say to her was, yeah. hey, I know this may not make sense to you, yeah. and I know I get what you're trying to do yeah. here, and I know you'll have some friends that'll love this, but remember who all it's going out to. Yeah. And what I'm really after here, for you, for your sake, Bethany, is that things would yeah. go well with you. Yes, right? that's exactly my point. Right. Yeah. I should have brought you in to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because I love you, right? Yes. And, and that's what God's saying to us. God's saying, look, yeah. I'm not giving you these laws because I want to be some domineering, you know, heavenly father is like, I can't wait to smite you. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, no, no. Do these things live Mm -hmm. this way because I want things to go well with you. Yeah. And in the way that I have created life to function. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is how it's going to work. So, so with that point, um, I think you're also touching on something that I wanted to ask you about, which is generations, difference in generations. Mm -hmm. What, what do you, what do you see in, in all of your writing and study and, speaking and so forth. You've talked a lot about generations, the yeah. difference in generations. Yeah. How have you seen respect for parents change over yeah. the generations? And yeah. what is, and what is, um, how are we even seeing perhaps at some level, a, an encouragement within our current culture yeah. to not respect your parents? Yeah. And, and what do you say to that? Yeah. How do you help people in that way? Well, I think you're spot on, Jeff, first and foremost, as we interact with public schools, public businesses, and so forth, maybe not always in the church, but outside, it is clearly a disrespect and a distrust in traditional institutions, including mm-hmm. family, uh, government, education, corporate America. They're all getting rich up there in Wall Street. Yeah. You know, there's that sense. That's the Gen Z mantra. Yeah. Not all, but many. Yeah. So when culture um, feeds that narrative, even if they're on social media, they're starting to go, yeah, my mom and dad made a mistake. I know, you know, in other words, we all get lumped in just like we lump them in and say, you're all fragile snowflakes. You, yeah, it goes both ways. (laughs) That's right. Well, they stereotype us. So I feel like the narrative of culture is um, the older adults have failed Mm. taking care of the earth, taking care you know, of, uh, I mean, we can't balance a budget in Washington, D.C., all mm. kinds of, and they see this. Yeah. So I feel like this distrust needs to be re-earned through relationship. Mm-hmm. So here's what the Barna Research Institute says of recent. Um, while Gen Z has a general distrust in traditional institutions, they too trust older adults, mm-hmm. i.e. grandma and grandpa maybe, or mom and dad, mm. if we have a connection, if we have a true relationship, mm. So that's why I say pursue relationship, mom and dad. I know you feel like you got it, but too many focus groups, the kids say, yeah, my dad, my dad thinks he knows me. He doesn't know me. Mm. I had one da- a kid say, I got the wrong dad. I wow. said, you got the wrong dad. He goes, yeah, he loves my brother. I can tell he doesn't love me. So we're sending vibes out that I don't think we're, we know we're sending. Mm. And, and I just think relationship is what lubricates mm. all the authority that mm. we have to weld and they don't like it. So you may have heard me use this phrase before when I've done parent events. We must build bridges of relationship that can bear the weight of truth. Mm. But it's a bridge that's got to be strong enough that when you have a hard conversation, mom loves me. I know mom loves me. Mm. So anyway, I'll stop there. No, that's so good. Uh, uh, let me just add this. And I know uh, Laura's, uh, just knowing her, I know you're chewing on something good over there, but <laughs> I... I think about this. I I, I, I I just finished reading a book that our congregation knows about um, called The Great Dechurching. Mm, yeah. And it's this extensive research project on 
the most extensive research pro- project that's ever been done on who's leaving the church and why, yeah. and, and what are things that we can do to bring them back. And so it's, again, it's very thorough in that it's not just only looking at the young people leaving the church, but old and everything yeah. in between. Yeah. But one of the things that you might naturally think would be true, but they just affirmed in their, in their mm-hmm. research was that when you, when you look at the Gen Z and, and millennial generations to an extent, and you ask them, what are, what are the various reasons as to why you left church? Yeah. One of the most prominent answers, most common answers was, uh, my parents wanted to preach to me about politics mm-hmm. and about morality, uh, uh, but, the, but the relationship wasn't there. You know, and so it's more like they want me to live a certain way yeah. and vote a certain way and see things the way they see things, but it's all missing that heart level connection. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, man, you got to have those bridges there Yeah, that, you know, so that when you have those conversations, because those conversations have to happen yeah, at home, I mean, it's important yeah. to have those conversations. Uh, it, it It's received not as, hey, I'm preaching to you to yeah. be like me, but it's more like, hey, can we talk about this? Because you know I love you. Yeah. Um, I love that, Jeff. And so anyway, yeah. just just well, some thoughts. I was As I listened to you, I was like, man, yeah. that's so good. Well, I, I had a question, but now I have a different question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bridges. What do bridges look like? For, what mm. could bridges look yeah. like for other people? What does it look like in your family? Okay. Well, the shifts that I found myself having to make as my kids move from childhood to adolescence, which is a leap, Um don't think control, think connect. Mm. So I, I think human human beings, particularly parents, when things go awry in the home, we want to seize control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bring this to an end right now. Yes. In fact, in schools, we call it classroom management. We're going to manage the chaos here. Mm. I feel like control's a myth. I really don't have control over the attitude mm. of a teenager. But if I seek connection, that is more in my, my, my wheelhouse. Uh, an arm around the shoulder, not a pointing of the finger. And I'm building a connection with Bethany or Jonathan, my kids. I don't have control, but I've got a much better chance at influencing them. Mm. So if I seek connection, that's within my power. And I usually come up with, with better, better outcomes. Here's another shift. Don't think rules, think equations. So our family had rules, like most family have some rules, but we had them very minimal, like three, mm. three rules. We had lots of equations. And you know what an equation is. If you do that, this is the benefit. Mm. If yeah. you do this, that's the consequence. Mm. They know. Oh, so it's good. not me co- becoming a tyrant. I go, oh, yeah, you chose that equation, Jonathan. That's, I'm so sorry. Give me your phone. Mm. Well, you don't know. You, remember, you, remember, we knew the score. Mm. So it was a little bit better. Same outcome, but it got to the outcome. You made a choice. Yeah. That's good. And it just helped us. Yeah. Mm. Now, as our kids got older, I had to move from don't think what, think why. So we tell them what to do when they're eight. When they're 18, I mm. want to give them the why behind this. Yeah. And it is because I love you. And I know yeah. you don't get this yet, yeah. Yeah. but please know it's not because I just love rules or yeah. I love you know, demeaning you or keeping you home. Um, that really helped. Mm. I think, oh, I'll never forget one moment. Bethany and Jonathan were old enough to be able to converse like this, but I made them both mad one day <laughs> by something we were going to do. And I overheard them talking in Jonathan's room, and Jonathan was really mad. And I remember hearing Bethany say, Jonathan, remember, mm. Dad's always got a good reason. Mm. Mm. And I thought, well, at least the track record, the track record was decent mm. <laughs> that she would say that. So even when they didn't get it, mm-hmm. they knew he, al- he almost always has a why. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's obey the what here. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's where I would start there. Oh, yeah. that's that's so good. Um, let me ask you this: um, In your scenario, you always had a good reason, um, and I would probably say you're a great dad. What about <laughs> the kids? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me ask it this way: Is anyone exempt from this mm. commandment? Um, <laughs> what if their parent truly? Uh, I mean, it could be as. Um, it could be a scenario where think about some of our, our young, our students who've become believers, but their parents aren't believers. They're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, what does this look like now? Or even to the extreme of someone with a parent who is an alcoholic or or truly has, um, abusive, yeah, yeah, abusive parent. What does this look like? Is, are they exempt or does it change what yeah. honoring looks like? It's a loaded question and one that deserves probably a two-hour answer, mm-hmm. not a two-minute answer, but let me try to do it justice. I do believe that there are laws that families have, rules, if you will, and then there's a higher law. So if my parents are not Christians and it's toxic, I mean, we would all look at that and go, that is no, that's a destructive environment. Mm-hmm. I do think we, we say, okay, what would be the higher law? Well, you need to get into a place where you can survive, mm-hmm. where, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I know there's a variance here because I don't think we just get mad and go, well, this must be toxic. I don't like it here. But um, every now and then I'll talk to a young adult where I think they're in that situation and I'll say, do your best to honor, th- to, to, to make them feel they have been honored, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you align with every single thing mm-hmm. they do and say. That's mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's been at least my answer that seems to have worked both sides. Now, here's, a, here's an illustration, I think. My sister and I, we're both older now, we're both in our 60s. My dad passed away in 2020 at 90 years old, or virtually 90 years old. She and I had a very different view of honoring dad at that mm-hmm. point. And I think part of it was because I felt like dad did a, did a good job raising us. My sister did not. Hmm. She didn't get, I don't know what it was, you fill in the blank, affection or affirmation or... And she was looking for love in all the wrong places sometimes as a mm. teenager. So we had very different episodes. Yeah. So looking back, she didn't even want to talk at the memorial service. And I said, mm. I could hardly wait. And he wasn't perfect. I didn't have illusions of my dad was just like God. He had his flaws. <laughs> yeah. And Lisa knew them well. Just ask her. But for me, honoring God was not saying, or yeah, honoring God and honoring them was not saying, and I just am going to tell myself you did everything perfect. It's... I know the good you did for me, mm. I benefited from. Mm. And I want to look at that right now, not, not the other. Yeah. Lisa, sometimes I think, could only see the other, and it was just a deficit in her mm. life. Yeah. Mm. I want to talk for just a minute here about turning, turning it a little bit. We've been talking about on the kid front, the child front, the, you know, how do we honor our parents? Yeah. But I'm thinking about the parent who is listening, and I don't know any parent who just says, you know what, at any stage along the way, I am knocking it out of the park. Yeah. I am, <laughs> yeah. I am a You're great right. I don't parent, either. You know? Yeah. Uh, and if they are saying that, it's like, wow, we, we might need to talk about, you know, right. about self-awareness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, I, whenever I listen to podcasts or, or read books or whatever on mm-hmm. parenting or on yeah. anything that might be in this category, I tend to be really hard on myself. Mm, this yeah. is where I missed it. This yeah. is where yeah. I am missing it. Um, I'd love for you to speak to those parents out there 
that may be fighting that very thought process of, you know, they're believing the accusations from the enemy. Because the truth yeah. is, they, they yeah. have blown it yeah. yes. at some level, yeah. right? Because none of us are perfect parents. But they're believing it more than they should. They're, they're really hard on themselves. They're going, man, I'm not a parent that should yeah. be honored, you know? Yeah. What's your encouragement? What's your hope for them? Well, I am hopeful because for thousands of years, parents have messed up and somehow made their way through yeah. to, right. a, to a positive, redemptive outcome. Not perfect, but redemptive. I, I feel like I want to go back to that apology thing. Mm-hmm. That was huge mm-hmm. for me because, because of what I do, Jeff. I'm very aware of the things. I did not practice what I preach, you yeah. know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So I found myself with Jonathan Bethany just saying, I am so sorry. I'm getting teary just thinking about because I can think of some times I really didn't come through. I didn't Mm. defend my daughter the way she wanted to be defended with a boyfriend one time. Mm. I don't think it was that bad, but I knew, noticed in her face, dad did not come to my aid. Mm. And I felt horrible, not because I think I deserve to be in jail, but because she perceived her father was not defending, supporting, et cetera. Mm. Mm. So I, I have apologized to her actually numerous times. She said, okay, I forgive you, you know. Yeah. But I just felt like I just wanted to know that meant a lot because it meant a lot to you, yeah. that sort of thing. So I think apologies have got to be freely coming out of our mouth. I don't know if that's dis- something people disagree with, but it sure saved mm. my Absolutely. little bottom yeah. growing up. Uh, um, but then I would say I would try to seek out ways to connect that it was for them and I didn't like it. For instance, I thought I would have a son that would just love sports. And mm. what we're gonna do is go to ball games mm. for 18 years. <laughs> no, he was, he was a thespian, so yeah. there was shows to go see, but, but not ball games to go see. So I mm. had to shift, yeah. but I know Jonathan noticed Dad would probably be rather be at a ball game, you know, or mm. or have an earbud in, listen to the Braves game. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. During Macbeth. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think that spoke volumes to this. So where I had mm. deficits, I was hopefully able to make up with. I'm leaning in. Mm. I'm leaning in as much as I can. Yeah. 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 And you and I have talked about how similar we are on that front because I yeah. too yeah. always thought I'd have a son that loved what I loved growing up, yes. you know, yeah. all the sports and playing the sports and yeah. watching the sports, all of it. And uh, God gave me a son that uh, doesn't really care about sports yeah. at all, but wants to hunt and fish and, hmm. you know, yeah. work on a, work on his truck and, all, you know, hunting, fishing and, and cars. I know nothing about, yeah. right? <laughs> Darn it. And, yeah. and, but I, but yeah. I've learned a lot about him. Yeah. If I want to connect with my son, mm-hmm. Then okay, I, yeah. I I need to learn a lot about those things and, yeah. and participate yeah. in those things with him and That's good. Yeah. Um, That's and I good. haven't done that perfectly by any means. One one day I'll, t- I'll give you an example and then to your point, I uh, I had to go apologize to him. Said I was mm. so wrong to say that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've told people a lot, uh, told Rachel a lot that I don't know that I've done much well as a father other than repent. Yeah. You know, I've repented a lot to my kids. I've mastered that because yeah, I've, I'm so, so good at it because I've done it so many times. Um, yeah. But one time, yeah. Samuel, this was only a couple of years ago, he um, he was talking to me about going hunting and just in my frustration because I didn't, I just didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, I just gave the most self-righteous, pompous, hurtful statement to him. I said, oh, Samuel, wow. I said, Samuel, you know, all these years that I've gone hunting with you, um, I, I do it because I love you. I don't like it. Oh. 
And he, I saw oh, the wow. countenance yes. on his face just go. He didn't hear the "I love you." That's part. right. He heard patronizing. He heard, yeah, yeah. "I, you don't like hunting, like you yeah." Know. And then his response was, well, "Then don't come, Dad." Yeah, of course. Like, well, if you don't like it, then don't come. Yeah. And I immediately was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah," you know, because it really wasn't true. I right. I have. Yeah. I, I've actually grown to really like it hmm. because I get great time with yeah. him. Yeah. And so I came back to him and just said, "Man, I'm so sorry." Yeah. You know, and I shouldn't have said that. And I didn't yeah. really even mean it. Yeah, it's not really accurate. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, That's good. But see, I love the fact that you tried to make it right. This is going to happen the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you're, you're modeling how much we need the yeah. very grace that we keep telling them yeah. Yeah. Um, is available to them. Okay. Yeah. We're going to land the plane here. Okay. And one more question from each of us. Okay. So for me, I have little kids. Mm, I have okay. little kids. Mm. Uh, let's say, just theoretically, <laughs> I don't know what's coming. I'm Completely asking, I'm asking for a friend. Yes, okay. that's right. Yeah. Let's say there's a home that is just chaos when it comes to the okay. honoring of but the this parents. Is, but this is not your home. No, no, no. I'm no, just no. a just friend to be clear. shared with just me earlier. <laughs> you could come over to dinner, and you you would know right off the bat whose home this is. Uh, what do we do? Like we're like calling you, you know, yeah. SOS yes. call yeah. here. What's the first step to restoring mm. uh, a home life where the kids are respectful to the parents? Yeah, wow. Mm. It's probably many steps, but the first step I would take, and this is just me, I, this, this is I, Paul, not the Lord. Yes. I think it's one-on-one relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's daddy-daughter dates, mama-daughter dates, or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm one-on-one. So nobody's performing for an onlooker sibling. Mm-hmm. We are one-on-one, mm. and... Whatever we need to say, I apologize, whatever, but you know what? I need your help, son. You know this is a little chaotic right now, or whatever word makes sense to them. If you could help me, Mm. I could sure use you being a thermostat, not a thermometer right now. Mm. You know, that sort of thing. But then I do it with my girl, my daughter, my son, whatever. I feel like I feel like that's what good sports coaches do Mm -hmm. when there's a little chaos on the team. Good Good Mm -hmm. employers do when there's a little chaos on the on the staff. So I think the one-on-one connections, and maybe it is. This is what I started doing when my kids were probably by third grade, having dates with them on mm. a regular basis. And when they're a little older, it's like, Dad, do we have to? No, we don't have to, but a free burrito, you know, or something like yeah. that. Um, and they, we continued, and it was good. And if nothing brilliant happened, it's just a point of connection. Mm. We're, not, we're not distant, we're, we're together. So yeah. well, that would be where I would start, Laura, on that one. Yeah. Thank and Laura, you. just to commend you, just, just paying attention to your Instagram. <laughs> uh, you do you do a great job of that. We you definitely really do. do some That's dates. good. That's you good. do a lot of That's great one on one dates with your kids, well, thanks, and Jeff. so uh, be encouraged. Well, thank so. you. Uh, all right, here's my question. <laughs> okay, would you to end our time together? Mm-hmm. Would you pray for parents mm-hmm. that are listening? I would love to. Yeah, we'd, we'd love for you to do okay, that. Let's do that. Yeah. Father God, we need your help. Uh, we know what scripture says, and we know what we ought to do. It's usually not knowing what to do. It's just we find the inability to follow through. We're emotional or we're tired and weary. So I'm asking Holy Spirit now that you do the work in us mm. to, to equip us to be what we need to be, not perfect, uh, not faultless, but blameless as we lead our kids. And I pray now to the parents who are for the parents that are listening, mm-hmm. God give them favor with their kids, especially if it's a different personality that we just don't get. You do that lubricating Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. needs to happen, so that the friction will be okay. 
uh, I pray for the children represented by those listening now. Raise them up, God, to be disciples and leaders in our world today that we desperately need because it was a great haven in the home as they grew up. Mm. I put these people, these listeners in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Tim, Tim, thank you. Oh, you were pleasure. about to say the same oh, thing, Oh, I really you? was about to say. Oh, I was about to say <laughs> thank you. And this has been a tiny taste of how you come alongside parents. How can we hear more? How can mm. we learn more? Yeah. What are, tell us about your books, your podcasts, whatever okay, you're we sweet. can glean. Yes. Yeah. I do love working with parents. I don't think I'm an expert. I'm not Jim Dobson or Jim Daly or whatever, but I did a book that we talked about at Perimeter Church mm-hmm. called 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid. And it's just because patterns I saw. From California to New York, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, and so <laughs> I'm going through puberty here. <laughs> <laughs> That'll um, be a different episode. We can that might about. be a helpful book <laughs> where I just try to list the data, and here's a way to you correct that. Wonderful. But then I do a blog each week um, mm-hmm. at GrowingLeaders.com. If people want to subscribe, I'm often talking about. I just did one called Taking the Easy Route. I think when we have young children, giving that tablet or that phone, mm. great, the one-eyed mm-hmm. babysitter, mm-hmm. and it's the. Um, I mean, pa- pediatricians are saying that is not yeah. helpful. We need to, we're going to be weary, but we got to stay with them and mm. find ways that are not just a tablet in front of them when they're yeah. young. So yeah. anyway, all that's that to that's say. That's good. Go to, listeners, go to growingleaders.com. I would think it's not just your blog, lots of different yeah, resources sure. on there. Yeah. And what, the name so, of the book one more time. 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Great to be with you. You're awesome. Thanks for joining us. And thank you all for tuning in and uh, stay with us for our next conversation that will be coming up in the next episode on the sixth commandment.